0: Welcome to the White Man Can Jump Podcast. This is your host, John Whited, aka Mr. No Look. And I am joined once again by my good friend Andrew Brownley. How you doing, Brownley?
1: Doing well. Looking forward to breaking down the two conference finals today.
0: Yes, I can't believe we're down to only four teams. Uh playoffs have been wild to this point with a lot of drama with all the injuries and all the other storylines but um, we've gotten to see some good basketball despite those injuries so let's just dive right in here and uh, let's talk about the game last night um, obviously the uh, Suns were able to overcome the Clippers and take a 3-1 lead um, not because they executed an offense that's for sure but um, they were able to will it out and uh, you know, now have a commanding lead um, they have their superstar back And Chris Paul for the last couple games Um, although he hasn't played like a superstar but you know this was obviously a pretty ugly game especially in the second half it felt like no one was going to score for a while I don't remember exactly how long they went without scoring either team but it felt about half the quarter Um, yeah in the second or the for the game Phoenix shot 36% from the field and 20% from three the Clippers shot 32% from the field and 16% 16% from three. Do you chalk that up to bad offense or good defense?
1: Uh, I think we do need to give some credit to the defense here. Um, I've been talking about Ayton a few times over the past couple of conversations that we've had. And I think he's played really well this entire playoffs. And his defense has been great. Uh, and I think you saw that last night as well. He's uh, blocking shots. He's altering shots. He's him being the number one pick looked really bad last year. Um, I think right now, I don't think you can say like his career trajectory is anywhere near Luca's. But I I think he's playing amazing, and he's a great fit for the team around him. So uh, I love the way In playing. And then on the other side, I think everyone is annoyed with Pat Bev's antics on the court, but I think he is, you know, getting in there and mucking things up for Booker. Ever since that first game, you know, Booker, I mean, he did break his face, so that could be part of it as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, I, I think it. Pat Bev's also played some really good defense on him.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's, a Key adjustment, um, you know, for the series, uh, you know, Tyron Lewis, has, you know, been the exact opposite of Budenhosler, you know, you know, we keep taking shots at him, but uh, I think they're warranted. Um, he still didn't make any changes. We'll get to game two. Um, they just, the Hawks didn't just execute as well as they did in game one, but, um, you know, Booker and CP3, since... CP3 came back on game three, they're combined 24 of 84, uh, for 29%. So yeah, they're definitely doing something right on defense. And and like you said, uh, you know, Pat Bev, you know, it just getting in Booker's head a little bit, just like he does with everyone, just, just doing annoying Pat Bev things. And, you know, I think that's plays as much of a role as his actual defense. Um, and he's just, he's one of those guys that you hate him if he's not on your team, but you love him if, if he's on your team. And so I think the rest of the team is feeding off of that. Um, they're still down three, one, but the, you know, um, they definitely have been, they could have won every single one of these games. Um, it could be, could have been a sweep, obviously like a lot of things would have gone right for that to happen, but a lot of things went right for Phoenix to win game two. And um, they handily won game three and the other two have been tossed up. So, um, you know, I, I think, he made a good adjustment there. And then also with Zubach, um, or Zubach, I don't know how to pronounce his name, to be honest with you. But, um, you know, entering him in the starting lineup in game two as well, um, he's played well, averaging 10 uh, nap points, 13.7 rebounds, and 36 minutes per game. He's also shot 89% from the line, which um, is well above his average. Um, but, you know, it's been important because, you know, people like, Paul George, who we'll get to later, have not, you know, shot the ball well. So points have come at a premium for the Clippers team. Um, And then he's also done well, Zubak, that is, um, on switches on Chris Paul, um, which is surprising. It's kind of the reason why they went to the smaller lineup last series, um, just because of the switchability of the five perimeter players, or wings at least, um, and he, he's held his own and, you know, Chris Paul's so kind of gotten to his spots, but he's had a hand in his face and know hasn't let him blow past him and hasn't given him just wide open looks. So I mean, that's all you can really ask. Um, but going back to, you know, Devin Booker, you know, he's uh, he's really struggling. I mean, he, he looked like he was forcing it down the stretch there. He's taking some terrible shots, long twos, contested in the beginning of the shot clock. Um, you know, since Pat Bev has um, been inserted in the starting lineup, you know he's eight, 18 of fifty-nine um, since his incredible game one. Uh, so just shooting just over thirty percent. Um, it makes you wonder: did did we overreact to Booker's game one, where everyone anointed him as you know the next the next superstar in the league?
1: I don't think we overreacted to it I, I mean i do think us as fans we are very reactionary uh, and we'll talk about the next series in a little bit you know i think we all uh, maybe overreacted a little bit to the hawks game one win um and maybe that pendulum is swinging back now uh, after the bucks win but for booker i mean i i do think he is an amazing scorer um And he is beginning to build on the playmaking as well. I think we mentioned that in our last conversation. So he is becoming this all-around player. You know, players can have off nights. They can have off series. Um, I mean, I I think we all remember how great Paul George was in the beginning of his playoff career. Um, It definitely has slowed down the last few but you know, I think he's played admirably. He didn't shoot very well last night but uh, he's played admirably this series and this whole playoffs as well. Um, so I don't think we're overreacting to Booker. I think he is that good and um, you know players are allowed to have off time or you know, multiple days days off in terms of their performance. Especially, you know, like I said, you know, nose is broken. I think, um, or something is fucked up in his face. So, uh, uh, hopefully, you don't have to uh, cut that. I don't know if we're trying to be kid friendly, but um,
0: <laughs> we got explicit content warning on our yeah. podcast, so we're good. Okay, good. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know what you think, but I think book
1: is you know that good at scoring. He's also Still like a baby in terms of NBA years, so he's got plenty of career trajectory to go as well.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I I just kind of asked it as a you know kind of a joke, but because I mean, I think a lot of it is warranted. Like you said, he is a great scorer. Um, He is a pretty poised. What's he? Twenty four. Uh, he's pretty yep. poised, and and even like when Pat Bev tries to get under his skin, it, it doesn't get under his skin quite like some other people would. Like there's, I mean. I think he did get a technical foul yesterday, which was, you know, pretty stupid. You know, just I think he shoved him out of the way or something. And But there's been other times where a lot of other players would have got into it Pat Bev and got technical foul, and that's just what he wants. Like, if you guys both get double techs, that's a win for him. Like, you know, yeah. taking Booker out of the game and Pat Bev out of the game. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, I I he's still young. This is his first playoffs. He's played great. Um, you know, aside from these last few games, I mean, he's still gotten his points from most of these games. I mean, he had, I think 25 last night, but he just wasn't efficient. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's still, I mean, he's still going to get better too. That's, that's the other thing and learn from this experience. And uh, so, I mean, I, I think I just it is warranted too. I just, it's just funny how well he played in game one. Everyone, kind of thought like why haven't we like talked about them more and then second we started talking about them, like it's like why are we talking about them so much and and like that's yeah. the thing is like we're reactionary so like it's it's not necessarily all justified it's just like we have to have something to talk about otherwise we wouldn't have this podcast <laughs> um and so but it's, it's fun to talk about that stuff um it's just it's just not always based in logic and region reason when you know it's the next day after a game, because like you said, everyone has bad games. Michael Jordan had bad games. LeBron has bad games. Um, you know, there's there's few people that don't. Um, and and
1: the the good thing for them is he's had these bad games and they're still up three one in the series.
0: Yeah, I mean um, that's so the
1: they're they are pretty close to being able to book their ticket to the finals.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I think at this point, you know, being a, Take a lot for Clippers to come back. Um, we can talk about it in a little bit, but I don't think they have that many more adjustments to make, except for uh, you know getting Kawhi Leonard back. That would be one hell of an adjustment, obviously. Um, but I, I don't see that happening. Um, and really, the biggest reason, you know, you know Booker won Game One for him, but Aiden has been the key um, since then. Like you said, um, you know, he had 19 points, um, 15 in the first half last night. Uh, and then 22 rebounds, a career high. Um, which might not be that surprising that he got his career high of rebounds in a game where the team shot a combined, like, 34%. But um, he was still, you know, active on the glass. He had nine offensive rebounds. Um, Crowder and Bridges also had three. So they were, they were attacking the offensive boards, getting some extra possessions, which they needed um, with the way they were shooting the ball. Um, and, you know, Aiden really has, you know, Justify the number one pick. He still might be the third best player in that draft behind Trey Young and Luka Doncic, um, but it doesn't mean he's not great in his own right. Um, you know, for the series, he's averaging um, twenty points, three points per game, thirteen half rebounds, just under two blocks, shooting seventy percent. I mean, you can't ask for too much more, especially when you know the offense doesn't run through him in any way, shape, or form. Um, You know, a lot of his stuff has come from pick and rolls. Um, And, you know, he's just... One thing, like, the knock on him coming out of college was that he didn't work hard enough. And, you know, if you watch this series, like, that's definitely not the case um, anymore. Uh, He plays really hard, busts his ass. um, And, you know, you can just hope that he can build on that and, uh, you know, continue to grow um, as years have come and, you know, hopefully be... You know, for the sons at least, they hope he can be a centerpiece around Devin Booker um, for the years to come, and they can build around those two.
1: Yeah, and I think you mentioned his hustle. He's always running the floor. He's in the pick and roll. He's diving hard after he sets the screen, so I think he's played great. And I'm also amazed by like how soft his finish can be at times. Uh, there's, like, one take he had last night in the first half where he just did, like, a little, uh, like, a really nuanced, like, finger roll flip uh, rather than just kind of throwing it out of the basket like some other big man might have done. So, yeah, I'm really impressed with how he's played. And I think another thing we have to remember is, like, how hard it is to learn the big man position in the NBA. So, him in his third
0: year, uh, you know, he's gotten the two years, I mean, he's gotten threefold regular season at this point to get that under his belt, and you're starting to see that natural talent come through along with the hard work. Yeah, and it's always a combination you want to see, um, and and yeah, he's... He's helped them to this 3-1 lead, uh, which I think is just about insurmountable at this point. But, you know, the Clippers have been coming back all playoffs long. So, you know, we, we, we can't count them out yet. Um, but if they are going to, you know, come back in this series, they're probably going to need more out of PG and, and Mr. October, Reggie Jackson. Um, you know, last night there, combined 13 of 44, 30, 30% from the field. Um, you know, that just not going to get it done when, when you don't have Kawhi Leonard out there. And, you know, seems like every night there's one other person who's a reliable scoring option, whether it's Luke Kennard or Terrence Mann or Marcus Morris hit some threes. But, like, they can't rely on anyone else consistently to, you know, fill that void. Um, so it's really on if they're going to win, they're going to have to shoot the ball much better than that. I mean, you know, we, we said Paul George is you know, played overall really well in these playoffs, and I, I agree with that, um, but he's just not shooting the ball effectively in this series. He's, you know, thirty-six percent from the field, twenty-nine percent from 70 percent from the line. You know, everyone remembers those two free throws he missed at the end of game two. Um, you know, which is surprising because he shot ninety percent from the line during the regular season. Um, despite these shooting woes, he's still leading the playoffs in points um so far this season so i was a little surprised when i saw that but um you know they're asking a lot of them um a lot of just you know yeah. having to do a lot on offense um and just a lot of hard work um probably getting tired at this point it probably has a lot to do with um, the ineffectiveness um but i mean we, we've seen them do it before um you know, in these playoffs, especially last series, taking over at the end of the series. So maybe he he whips a switch and, uh, you know, makes it a series again.
1: Yeah, and I think the uh, tiredness has to be playing a factor here. I saw that, yes, as of yesterday, he had played, Paul George, had played 120 more minutes than anyone else this playoffs. And then last night added another forty-two to that, so uh, I'm sure it's even higher at this point now. Yeah, he is. I think just tired at this point. And he mentions like he missed those clutch free throws in the earlier game this series. Last night, I think he missed another one that would have tied the game. Uh, so, I think he is playing well. He is being just like thrust in this position where he has to score, he has to facilitate. You know, he's still one of the best wing defenders on that team, so he has to play a lot of defense also. So I think that's just gonna it's gonna wear someone down, uh, whoever it is. So you know, I was definitely a PG hater after the twenty twenty finals. Um, I, I was enjoying all the memes and everything, but I think he's really acquitted himself well. Uh, despite the poor shooting
0: last night. Yeah. I mean, and for, you know, for fair or not, people are never going to forget him hitting the side of the backboard, which, you know, I don't think is fair. But, uh, like you said, the memes were funny. and um, But I think overall, he has been a pretty good playoff performer, especially when you go back to his Indiana days when he was going toe to toe with LeBron James when he was at the peak of his powers and, you know, quiet, or sorry, Paul George was still a young guy. So, um, you know, if he can turn around, I think they still have a chance. Uh, not not a very good one at that, but uh, I, I just don't want to count this team out. Um, and I, I just I don't think Kawhi Leonard's coming back. If he did, I, I would give them a shot because they have taken the Suns out of their game that they were playing so well coming into this series. Um, so, I mean, do you think they still have a chance, or is this series pretty much over at this point?
1: Uh, I think... The remaining games, how many there will be, uh, will be
0: competitive. This entire series so far, pretty much has been competitive. Yeah. but
1: they, I don't think they can come back.
0: Yeah, three, three uh, in a row is a lot to do.
1: Yeah, which is tough. And just like one more
0: thought on this series yeah. before we wrap it up: Has Bookie played like the worst minutes of anyone this series? He like couldn't. <laughs> properly guard the inbounds yeah. on that boop to Aiden. And then last night he just flung the ball at the backboard as hard as he can instead <laughs> of trying to hit the Rim on the free throw. Yeah. He's just like
1: been such a negative.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's really playable at this point and I never really yeah. thought he was to begin with, but um yeah, I, I, I just wonder if they go back and try to go small a little bit. Um, like they were last series. Um, it seemed to work for them then. Um, but Zubak has played well, so they might stick with that. Um, but, you know, they'll just have to kind of feel it out and you know trust that Ty Lue makes the right decisions in the moment and, uh, and they can get hot shooting. I mean, if you get hot, you got a chance. And, um, and they're the best, one of the best shooting teams in the history of the NBA. So um, I would say they still have a chance, but uh, they will have to turn it around if they want to uh, come back. Absolutely. so let's move on to the other series the Eastern Conference Finals uh, it's tied 1-1 game 3 is tonight um, you know the Hawks won an exciting game 1 um, behind Trey Young's 48 points um, and then the Bucks absolutely annihilated them in game 2 um, up by as many as 40 points I believe at one point, ended up winning by 34, um, thanks in large part to a second quarter um, where the Bucks outscored the Hawks 43 to 17, and the game was essentially over at halftime. Uh, I think it was a 30-point game at halftime, and never really got any closer than that. So, um, I mean, it was definitely, definitely different from Game One. Uh, Trey Young wasn't having his way. Uh, I, I don't. It wasn't necessarily because they changed their pick and roll strategy, which is where he was killing them before. I mean, Brooke Lopez was still dropping off. They didn't attack Brook Lopez nearly as much as they did in Game One, um, and put him in a bunch of screen rolls. They kept. They, Giannis was in a bunch of screen rolls, which he did a great job of switching on to Trey Young and use his length and quickness to to make it tough on him, um, and then. You know, I just don't think Trey Young was nearly as aggressive as he was in Game One. I think that was the biggest thing. He, I mean, he had nine turnovers. Um, I think they were all eight of them were in the first half, Um, and he was just he was just throwing the ball like hoping that it got there rather than knowing the pass was going to get there, and you know those led to a lot of easy buckets on the other end for the Bucks, who I think had twenty-seven fast break points. and when you get Giannis out on the break, um, he's just unstoppable. And if you keep him in the half court, you have a chance. But they didn't—they didn't do a good job of that with the turnovers that they had. And um, and so, you know, if you're not going to execute that well, um, like you did in Game One, and you don't have a, anyone that can really stop Giannis, John Collins is the only one that has a remote chance to keep him in front and still play him down the post. But even. Even he got, you know, embarrassed a couple times a night. So, um, yeah, I just I just don't know what the Hawks do um, on the defensive end. Um, they, they can obviously play much better on the offensive end. Um, what were your thoughts from the blowout? Did, is it something to be concerned about or just throw away as just a bad game and we'll move on and we'll take the next one?
1: Yeah, I think in Game 1, the Hawks' supporting cast just shot a lot better than they did in game two. And I think that might be part of it, where the hot shooting by the surrounding stars that, or maybe not even stars, uh, surrounding players around Trey was able to open up the game a little bit more for him. Um, and, you know, those two kind of feed off each other. If Milwaukee's defenders have to worry more about, you know, kind of hurt her in the corner uh, then that's going to open up driving for Trey more. And he's able to either take it to the bucket or um, get his floater off or find the open man uh, a, a little easier with a little more room. And in Friday's game, it was just ice cold on that side of the ball. Uh, Trey was definitely more turnover prone, I think, it's something like in the notes, he had like nine turnovers yeah. just inside the second half. So I think uh, part of it is the Hawks' shooters just couldn't find a touch. Um, the Bucks, you—they know, played some Lopez. He played a little over twenty minutes, but definitely wasn't a lot of Lopez in that game. Yeah, and part of that was
0: the you know the blowout. Like know one played right. over you know. I don't think anyone on the Bucks, or I think Middleton or, Middleton or Holiday, I think, played like 31 minutes, but everyone else was under 30 minutes just because they were out of there by the, you know, towards the end of the third quarter and never came back in. But yeah, I understand what you're saying, though, too. Yeah.
1: And I, don't know. I, I think being a little more switchy with Trey, if you can, um, by not playing the center is probably a good way to go. Um. Yeah, we'll see how it goes in Game Three. What I saw was maybe just like a rebound from Game One, where Atlanta was shooting it like crazy, and Game Two they they're ice cold. Yeah. What that means, though, is you know, Game One was really close. Milwaukee mm-hmm. definitely could have won that one. Yeah. So if you know Atlanta's shooters are just average instead of on fire, then that's still not good
0: if you're a Hawks fan. Yeah, and, you know, we became Hawks fans when we picked them to make the finals. Um, (laughs) And, uh, I mean, I I love for for Trey Young. I've loved him since uh, college. Um, He's just a fun player to watch. Um, But, yeah, I mean, he he, he definitely needs some help. I mean, he he got some from John Collins and the other role players, like you said, shot the ball well from the outside um, in game one, but you know, one person he hasn't gotten any help from the last you know last couple of games of the last series and this series is is bogey um, and it's not his fault I mean you can just tell he's not himself um, he's not really a threat on the offensive end um, and you know he just he he was one of the biggest keys to their turnaround this season um, you know once Nate Mcmillan took over that's about the time he came back and that's the time they took off and he was the secondary playmaker that could You know, run the show when Trey Young wasn't out there, or, or, you know, whenever Trey needed to take a load off, like just pass it over to Bogey and and let him initiate the offense, and and that's not happening right now, and and so uh, that's tough. I mean, you got to give him credit for just getting out there and competing because you know he definitely is giving it his all, but he just he's just limited by that injury, and um, it's really making it tough on them, just because. You know, they they don't have that many shot creators in for themselves and others other than Trey Young. Um, they have they have some good shooters, um, herders, a little bit of a playmaker, uh, but not to the level that Bogdanovich is. And uh, and so yeah, they they they're, they're going to struggle. I think you know if if Trey doesn't really dominate and dictate the game like he did in game one um i think that's important i mean he doesn't have to score 48 points for them to win but like he's gotta you know make them pay for having lopez and pick and rolls and and be aggressive and and just try to take it to him um and you know obviously the turnovers are a huge factor too so um yeah i i think i think it's a little concerning for the hawks and their fans but i think it also i mean the the Bucks were 10 of 18 from three in the first half. That was really the only relevant time in this game. The second half was pretty much just uh, garbage time. Um, so, you know, they shot the ball pretty well from outside. They were really well from outside. They haven't been shooting it well at all. You know, I, I imagine it will come down somewhere in between the rest of the series. Um, but, you know, it's it's not the end of the world. I mean, that's the one thing about the playoffs or really any series in any sport is you lose by 40. It's just one game. Like you just, it's the same thing as losing at a buzzer beater. Like as long as you can mentally recover from it um, and say, you know, it just wasn't our night. We're just as good as the other team. We're going to go out there the next game and compete. And, and I think this Hawks team won't get discouraged by that one. Cause they're so young um, that they're just, they're not even aware of how big the moment is. Some of them, I don't think, and they're just out there having a good time. They obviously didn't have that much fun on Friday night, but um, I, I think they'll come back and it'll still be a competitive series. Um, I don't know if I feel as confident in my Hawks pick anymore, but um, but I, I, I don't think this is a sign of things to come where the series is over, essentially.
1: Yeah, yeah, I would definitely agree with that. And, yeah, I think we were almost more picking against the Bucs than the Hawks in this one Um, and you know for the Hawks they're missing essentially missing Bogey he's like you said of himself he's you know replacement level if that right now instead of the guy that really fueled their second half of the season um they're missing DeAndre Hunter who is their best player in the first half of the season um so they are missing, you know, two of their top three to four guys. Honestly, yeah. Um, so again, I think the Bucks are. Even if the Bucks roll off the four wins to take this in a gentleman's sweep, uh, it's one of those things where I just won't believe in them. <laughs> and if they win the finals, I. Still don't know if I'm gonna play them.
0: <laughs> to I, I've gotten honest, that feeling for a while now. <laughs>
1: it's just like I—I I never watch them play and think, "Oh yeah, this is an NBA championship caliber team."
0: Yeah, but i, I agree with you there. I mean, I think, I think when I see the Suns, that's what I think of because they're such a good team. Um, but mm-hmm. the rest of these teams—they've all been playing well, but you know, they've all had. Their injuries, or you know, whatever, they're not at full strength, and it just be well, except for the Bucks, the Bucks are the only one that's part of the reason why yep. they're the favorite right now. Um, yep. so, um, but yeah, yeah speaking I of, I think the, that's right, yeah, um, uh, good, and uh, yeah, maybe we can talk about it after the finals are over, but you know, injuries
1: definitely an impact on these playoffs. In some respects, it's made it, like, more interesting because, you know, completely unpredictable results.
0: Yeah, I've enjoyed these playoffs as much um, as any Yeah,
1: but we're also, like, kind of getting robbed from seeing
0: the the best basketball. talent. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah, no, I feel the same way. Um, but, um, you know, you got to take what you get, and these games have still been well-played and competitive, and, you know, um, you can't ask for much more than that. Um, so, you know... Look at, look at the Bucks. I mean, like you said, they haven't been that impressive. But, you know, they they have scored 132 points in the paint in the first two games. I mean, that's insane. Um, And, and like, that shows you when you're not shooting the ball well from outside, like, they're at least smart enough to go attack inside. And, you know, like I said earlier, um, the Hawks don't have an answer for Giannis. Um but you know the announcers get it on for still shooting outside the paint, like or especially threes. But like he should never shoot the ball outside the paint. Like it's just always, it's always a bailout for the other team unless it's at the end of the shot clock or something. We had a kid in high school who, um, who was a great point guard, super quick, great defender, good passer, but he just could not shoot to save his life. And if in practice he shot the ball outside the paint. Everyone got on the line and we ran a suicide. <laughs> I feel like the Bucks need to implore that with Giannis because it's the same thing. It's just not a good shot. It's not good for our team. It's good for the other team, and uh, and you know, it, I mean, he is still dominating inside, but it's just everything should be inside. He, he could just needs to have more opportunities because no one, no one can stop him. Yeah, I mean, he's having an amazing playoffs, and that's despite his. Uh, deficiencies uh, yeah deficiencies at the three point line and his uh, how much he loves taking that shot so even despite basically missing every shot he takes
1: (laughs) from outside the paint um, he's still having an amazing playoffs. so that just shows how good he is right now and you know it would be awesome if someday he could have that to his repertoire but it's not today so he just needs to focus on what he can do today uh, to give his team
0: the best chance of making it to the finals. Yeah. And, um, you know, a lot of people would make the argument. They got a pretty good chance now. Um, you know, people were a little concerned, I think after game one, um, were surprised maybe the Hawks won, not, not us, but you know, a lot of, a lot of the other basketball pundits and fans. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think the bucks are in a good spot here. You know, um, Middleton really hasn't even played that well yet. Um, He's played some pretty good defense on Herder. Um, it's been his main defensive assignment, and uh, he just he hasn't shot the ball well. Um, he had a pretty decent all around game. I think he had 15 points, seven boards, and eight assists or something yesterday. So like he was getting it done more so than just scoring. So you know, um, but he, he hasn't shot the ball well yet um, in this series, and and if it comes down to close games at the end, they're going to need him um, because he's their he's their best option. Um, in you know, the last couple minutes of the game, with his offensive versatility and his shooting ability. So, um, I think that's one thing to look out for. It hasn't really been too big of a factor yet, but um, if we see some more close games, I think we'll be.
1: Yeah, I, I think you made a good point about his defense. I thought it was uh, quite good on Friday. So, hopefully, even if you know he didn't have a bad game by any means, but hopefully he can still feed off like that defensive intensity and the success he's having there when they are going to need to count on him. Uh, even if he's not shooting well throughout the
0: rest of the game. Yeah. And then, yeah, I think that's important. I mean, he's obviously, he's their second, well, you can make an argument, Drew Holiday, he's second best player, but he's their second biggest threat on offense. Um, and to score the ball at least. And so, um, uh, if they get him back, um, to playing at the form he did most of the rigor season, it might be tough for the Hawks to overcome that, but that remains to be seen. One thing I do want to make sure we see is going forward. I, it pissed me off so much yesterday and it does all the time, but it, it happened at least four or five times in the game yesterday where they just, or, or sorry, on Friday where a break was about to start and they just grabbed them. Just an intentional foul. It wasn't necessarily a, um, clear path foul, but like, it's just, it shouldn't be part of the game. Like the most exciting part of any basketball game is a fast break. Really. Like, you're going to see an alley-oop. You're going to see like them put on their athleticism at, and they're, they're taking that away. Um, by just committing one, like it gets you in foul trouble too. Like I can't remember who, but like someone committed one early and then committed a second one right away. And they were out like after a couple minutes into the game, it might've been Bogdanovich. And, um, it's just not fun to see, and like I know the NBA is trying to change some rules and in, in the kind of that realm, um, and that that's something I'd love to see. Um, it it just bothers me. Just just play some defense and you know, get back on defense, and don't just. It's just not fun for the game.
1: Yeah, and you know they tried to address
0: that larger issue with a clear path. Yeah. Fouls. Yeah, I don't know um, actually how you yeah, correct heard, it, but I've heard talk about like some. Subjective ruling about whether it was like a basketball play or
1: not, yeah. Is that like a potential solution where you know, like you said, they just basically back them up and they're not trying to go for a ball or something like that, they're just you know, essentially everyone knows they're going for the foul, so maybe they could look into that. There's always you know, something they could tweak with some rules changes, um and you know i think they definitely will be making some rules changes this summer or at least talking about it with regards to other areas of the game so maybe they sure can try to fit that in but i agree it transition dunks all that stuff is some of the most fun you can really see these like insane athletes show off how
0: much crazier in shape and how crazy their bodies are made compared to you and I. <laughs> What are you talking about? Compared to us? No, I'm just kidding. Um, yeah, so we'll get out of here on this note. One last question. Answer this with one word, and I'll do. I'll do the same. Do you still feel good about your Hawks pick? Uh,
1: I want to give a few more answers to it, <laughs> um, or words to it.
0: But well, you can. Uh, I just, I just wanted to put you on the spot.
1: Uh, yeah, I, um, I felt. Good about it from a odds perspective.
0: Yeah, yeah, undervalued. Sure. Yeah, um, I don't think I
1: ever thought they were going to actually win the series. So <laughs> yeah. I would say still yes. I mean, one one. Yeah, there's still a chance.
0: They took one so, on the road, so yeah. if they win both at home. You know, they got a really good lead. So I, I don't feel nearly as good as I did at first, but um, I still like. The idea of it, I'm going to keep rooting for him. Um, but I think if I had to put my money on it now, I'd put it on the Bucks. So i just straight up, um, without any odds. So we'll see. Uh, that's a great thing about the playoffs is you know everything changes so fast, and yeah, it's like a roller coaster. And uh, and we love riding that roller coaster up and down because mm-hmm. it just keeps exciting. And you never know what you're going to see game to game, night to night, series to series. So. You know, we got uh, don't have that much left in the playoffs. We've probably got, I don't know, maybe uh, 10, 12 games left, um, okay. depending on how long the series goes. So we got to savor these last few games, and uh, we'll be back here soon enough. I want to thank you for joining me, Brownlee, and uh, it's been great having you on. I'm glad you're enjoying it.
1: Absolutely. Thanks for
0: having me again. Yep, and like I said, we'll be back actually on Wednesday. we got a new guest, um, Cody, one of my buddies that I play, pick up with, um, who's also the biggest Suns fan I know, will be joining us to um, talk about the Suns series and, and also the Eastern Conference Finals. Hopefully, for his sake, we'll be talking about the Suns in the Finals, but until then, thanks for listening. Check us out on MrNolook.com. You can also find me at Instagram at J Whited, W-H-I-T-E-D, 757, or on Twitter at jwhited5. Until then, peace.